0: we're going to continue doing what we love to do as a community, and that is not only to sing and to adore God and to show our devotion to God and our worship, not just to come to the table and to be reminded of His grace and His mercy and to embody that together. We're going to do what we also love to do. We're going to come to the life of Jesus. We're going to open the scriptures together. And uh, we're currently doing a series called Stewardship. We kicked it off last week, and the series is called Stewardship, Exploring the Practice of Resource Handling. And we talked last week about what stewardship is, and we talked about how we could take this in a bunch of different directions, but ultimately at this moment, as we're going through a cost of living crisis, we felt like it was a a wise thing to, to talk about money together. So last week we started talking about that with the life of Jesus, I'm going to talk a little bit more and remind you about some of that soon in a moment in this talk, and next week... Next week, we are going to be talking about some really helpful money praxis. We've got Natalie, who leads our CAP course, Christians Against Poverty. She leads our CAP course. She's going to be speaking next week, giving some really helpful. talk today, which is the talk on generosity, Jesus's vision for generosity. So I want to invite you to stand for part two of our stewardship series today for the reading of Scripture. Today, we're going to be reading from the Gospel of Mark. I'm going to be reading from chapter 12, verses 41 through to 44. If you have your own Bible, feel free to open. If you need a Bible, grab one from the table. We'd love you to have one. If you have one on your phone, feel free to open to your phone. We would love you to join us as we look at the words of Jesus today. So Mark 12, the Gospel of Mark 41 to 44. Jesus sat down near the collection box in the temple, and he watched as the crowds dropped in their money. Many rich people put in large amounts, and then a poor widow came, and she dropped in two small coins. Jesus called his disciples to him, and he said, I tell you the truth, this poor widow has given more than all the others who are making contributions, for they gave a tiny part of their surplus. But she, poor as she is, has given everything that she had to live on. This is the word of God for us today. Together we say? Praise Before you sit, just let me pray for us together. Lord, as we come to this text and as we come to the story of Jesus, as we come to these words of Jesus, these, these critiques of Jesus, Lord, we say together that we're coming here to sit at your feet as the rabbi and to learn from you. So let these words be like a good seed that is planted in our hearts right now. And we ask that as we look at this together, good fruit would come. Lord, we ask that as we listen to you together, this is what we seek, the life that you have for us. We seek your teaching and your guiding. So come, spirit of wisdom. Come, spirit of knowledge. Come, spirit of life. Come and fill in us again. Come, Holy Spirit. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Spirit, we all sit together. Amen. Grab a seat. Grab a seat. Now today, I'm... I'm not gonna start this talk with my usual clever intro hook. I'm not gonna give you a thoughtful anecdote or a cultural observation or some sort of creative grab out of left field. Um, As we begin today, I want to start with you. I wanna start with you. I wanna ask you to do something with me. I wanna ask you to take a deep breath and I wanna ask you to relax. Uh, We're about to talk about money for the second week in a row. And money is close to our hearts, isn't it? So as we begin, you may even notice that your body is starting to react a little bit. You might be suddenly feeling a little bit uptight or tense or wondering where the heck this is going. You might have been visiting for the first time today and you're like, I knew they were gonna talk about money. You might even be mentally starting to write an email to David Farrier. That was a joke. The lack of laughter made me a little nervous just then. I just thought it might be good to begin today by naming that this, yes, this is awkward. You don't want me to talk about this. I don't want to talk about this. This is my third money talk in eight years of leading this church. But we're going to push through it together and we are going to talk about it. And it's in this sitting that I want to offer this. I love you. I love you, Central Vineyard. I love you. And that, that's why we're talking about this today. Today, I'm going to do a couple of things as we talk about Jesus's vision for generosity. We're gonna open up the scripture we've just listened to. We're gonna look around a little bit more. We're gonna talk about what tithing is. We're then gonna talk about how in Jesus's vision for money, tithing isn't actually enough. It's only the beginning. And the end goal is a vision of costly sacrifice. And then we're going to consider our own practices of generosity as part of that. All good? Sound fun? Ah, you came for the hot dogs. (laughs) So let's start with the text. Let's start there. It's always a good place to start. Jesus is sitting at the temple, it says, and he's sitting by the donation vessels, and this is what they would have looked like. They were these trumpet-like looking receptacles on boxes. They collected tithes for the running of the temple. Now, um, to a Jew in their day, going to the temple, it was completely common to, to pay a tithe as you came and you went. It's just what you did. They look like this, you, you dropped your money into them and there was actually several around the temple for different areas and in different courts, all collecting for different things. Um, just this week I had a vineyard meeting with a bunch of our vineyard vision team for Aotearoa at the Franciscan Monastery out in Hillsborough, some of you have been there. They've actually got a version of one of these sitting by the door, it's like this. <laughs> They've uh, modernized it, it's now a paywave t- $10 donate tap as you come and go, but it's still for the same thing. Hey, donate for the running of this place. You've been here, you've used our facilities, could you, could you put a little bit into the box, please? And it's the same sentiment with the temple. The temple was this huge place that did a lot of work for the people of God. It had priests who were working in it daily, they were offering sacrifices, they were leading uh, daily prayers. There was a lot of commotion going on as people came and went all all day long, all week long, all year long. Festival moments, sacrifice moments, it was all happening at the temple. And in its conception, at its very beginning, the people contributed to its running. That's what they did. So this isn't shocking, This isn't left field, this isn't a surprise that there's some boxes sitting around for people to donate their tithes into. It's always been like that. But as Jesus is sitting there and he is watching some people come and put their tithes into those boxes, Jesus teaches his disciples something. He compares something that's going on. He points to one group and he points to a widowed woman. He compares them. And he says, that woman has by far been more generous than all of those people put together. Now, the, the thing is, and this is where the text is really interesting, she actually has not She has given two mere copper coins. She actually has not been more generous if your metric is what the value was and what she gave. And that's where the text is interesting. The others have put a far bigger financial offering in She has just given something pithy and plonked it in. But that is not the metric for Jesus. That's not the point for Jesus. Jesus is looking not at the size of her offering, but the generous spirit it is given in. He is looking at the heart condition of the one who is giving it. The sacrifice that it has been. It says this, the others gave a tiny bit of their surplus But she, poor as she is, has given everything she had to live on. This woman had a big heart and she had open hands. She had a big heart. She had open hands. And Jesus likes what he sees. Let's look at why that's the case. Let's figure this out together. So as we start... Let's just remind ourselves of last week. Last week, we talked about how to be people of stewardship is to start from the position that um, we we live life in the gift of the abundant host. We live life in the world that God has already so generously put so much into. We start there. He has generously already provided so much. And so if you need to listen to last week's talk because you missed it, go back and listen on our podcast. I'm just gonna unpack a couple of quick things to get us all up to speed for where we're going today, just so we're on the same page. Firstly, here's a couple of the key headlines. Number one, to Jesus, money is not meant to be the master of our lives. The master is. And money is a resource for us to use to love others well. We looked at how we cannot have split allegiances between God and money. We cannot give 100% to two things. And we looked at how it is all about our loves. At the end of the day, it's all about our loves. It's all about the condition of our heart. It's about a renovation of our heart. And there's a travesty when money gets elevated above people. And so we talked all about that last week. Go and have a listen to that if you missed it. To summarize it last week, a little bit further in the text that we didn't do last week, but a little bit further on in Matthew chapter six, Jesus says that like this, seek first the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously and he will give you everything you need. Put this first, seeking God, seeking the kingdom, seeking being a person of the abundant host and everything else is gonna be fine. And this is how Jesus did it. He is our example. Jesus is our archetype. Jesus is our original. We are invited to live lives that rhyme with his. That's what it is to apprentice to Jesus. Our life should be rhyming to his, his life. And so as he was love given to us, the gift who was given to us by God as a sacrifice, so we are to be in return. Sacrifice is not some outlier or some option for hard-out Christians. It is a core part of Christ's life and therefore is to be a core work of all of our lives. Following Christ is an invitation to sacrifice. Christ generously gave his life away for each of us. We've already celebrated that at the table this morning. And now we are to go as the fed ones from that generosity out into the world and live lives open-handed, giving life away as a response. All of that to say, that's the mission of Jesus. It is love in motion in a world as sacrifice, as gift, and as generosity. That's the movement that Jesus is in. That's what the kingdom of God is up to. And he is on the lookout for it around him in the hearts of those that he keeps encountering. It's what he's trying to train his apprentices in. He's trying to train them in this renovation of the heart to be generous and sacrificial people. And as a result, here in the text today, we have Jesus showing his disciples the hearts of these two groups of people the group of people who gave and the widow. And he's trying to point out a deeper reality to his disciples. Look at the hearts here. Look at the hearts here. Not just the habit but the hearts. Now, it's interesting because this critique is playing out in two modes of the same arena. The arena is the normal everyday giving of some money, but the modes are very different, aren't they? We have one person who's giving as a tither just to tick a box, and we have one who is giving as a generous sacrifice of all that they have. And so to get to the bottom of all of this and just to catch some more of the nuance, let's talk about what tithing is so we can actually get our heads around what's even going on in this moment. Firstly, tithe as a word just literally means give a tenth. So tithe means to give a tenth. That's what it literally translates as. And so let me just give you a big picture, high altitude flyover of the scriptures of how tithing works in the scriptures very quickly to get us up to speed as we find this moment here at the temple today. Firstly, in Genesis 12, we have Abraham, who is... Um, given this um, blessing from God and he's told, I am blessing you so that you will be a blessing to others. I'm blessing you so that you will bless. This is how the currency of blessing works. It goes through, not just pulls up. And so here is where it all starts. Abraham is given a blessing from God so that it will bless the nations. And the first tithe we see is just two chapters later after Genesis 12. In Genesis 14, Melchizedek, the king of Salem, and he's he's also a priest. He's this kind of king-priest figure. He's kind of interesting. Um, He brought Abram some, some bread and some wine. And then later on, just down there in verse 20, Abram gave Melchizedek a tenth of all the goods that he had recovered. This is the first tithe that is sitting in the Scriptures. Here it is right here, Melchizedek and Abram. The first tithe that we see here is then adopted later on in the law of Moses. Moses takes this and it gets adopted into a principle for the people of God. And there's three different scriptures you can look up to see this for yourself. Firstly, there's the Lord's tithe. The Lord's tithe is 10% of the gross income that was given to God to support the Levites and to support the temple. So 10% is given off what uh, people, the people had so that it would support the work of the temple. Then there was the family tithe. This was 10% that was saved away for the future of the family to go and do the things that the family needs to do at uh, festival time and at feast time. They were to tithe so that they could actually go about doing these things of being a family in the festivals of God. And then there was the poor tithe. Every third family tithe was given to the poor. Every third family tithe was given to the poor. So there they are, there are Numbers 18, Deuteronomy 14. That's where you can find that for yourself and sketch that out a little bit further. I just don't have time today. Um, Now, this was a time of a commodity economy, not a salary economy like we have, okay? There was no pay waves and bank accounts and Westpac and Kiwi Bank and all that sort of stuff. It was what you had in your hand. It was your seed, it was your plants, it was your animals. So tithing in these, in these contexts was actually that. It was seed and grain and plants and, and animals. It was bringing those things. But if you live too far away from Jerusalem, often what you would do is you'd bring money instead. So if bringing the um, actual things was impossible because of the travel, People would just bring money instead. So it was about this thing of bringing what you had as a salary, but the salary looked a little different. It wasn't just cash and dollar dollar bills, all right? It was also these things. But at the core of all of this, the reason for all of this is that original Abrahamic blessing. You are being blessed to be a blessing. You are to pass through with this. It's not to pull up around you, it's to be passed on. You are to become generous people so that all of the nations would be blessed. And unfortunately, if you read the Old Testament very quickly, you're gonna realize it doesn't quite work. There are moments of it, there are moments where it does work, but most of the track record is "Eh, fail. And so we get to the New Testament moment. We get to the context of the temple that Jesus would have been sitting in. Religious leaders have taken these ideas, these commandments from Moses, and they've ratcheted them up even higher they're getting even more picky about them. Here's Jesus in Luke 11:42. 42. What sorrow awaits you Pharisees, for you are careful to tithe even the tiniest income from your herb gardens. They're tithing their spices. They're like getting into this like minute detail about all of this stuff. They're panicking about the law keeping in the tiniest detail. Tithing has gone from being this thing of being open handed and passing on as a blessing to becoming a system of religiosity around them. Yes, it keeps the temple running, and it keeps the lights on, so to speak, that's one thing it achieves, but also it's now being leveraged as this symbol for piousness. And it's being placed as a burden on the people. This is not what this was meant to be. And enters Jesus. He's a moment of this time in this place, he's a moment of this system. And what does he do with it? Does he just wipe it out and abolish it? Does he just go, we're canceling that, it's a dumb idea. Well, actually, no, look at the rest of what he goes on to say in the rest of this verse. But you ignore justice and the love of God. You should tithe, yes, but do not neglect the more important things. You should tithe, yes, but do not neglect the more important things. Jesus is affirming the tithe. He's saying this is a good principle. This is a good thing. It should remain, but not the end point it's currently stuck in. We need to go bigger with this. And so Jesus calls his followers to a new way beyond just that principle. He calls it generosity. And he calls his followers to a higher calling, sacrifice. And hence our scripture today. He points to the widow and he says, see that? That is what I'm after. That is what I'm after. Just quickly, let me finish this piece. The rest of the New Testament goes on and plays out with those tithing arenas still in play. This is interesting. Although tithing itself is not kind of the main message here, the arenas are still the same. So, the New Testament writers, Paul and the Apostles, in the book of Acts and in Paul's letters, we see stacks of of examples of this. They are encouraged to give to the church, just like the people of God gave to the temple. They're invited to give to the family, to support each other, just like the people of God tithed for their families. And they are to give to the poor, they are to support widows, orphans, and the hungry. So, the arenas of tithing are still at play, it's just that the mode has changed. To summarize it, I'd summarize it as this. Tithing is still a principle that is very valid for how we handle our money and go about working it with God. It's still very valid at putting it into arenas where money should go to be blessed. But the point is not the tithe. Jesus takes it and he upgrades it. And actually, and here's the moment that's been making me nervous all week he actually upgrades it into a far more uncomfortable space than most of us are willing to deal with. He actually goes into quite an uncomfortable zone, if we're honest. Uh, John Wimber says this, he's the founder of the Vineyard Movement, he said this, show me what you spend your money on and I'll show you what you love. You know, we spend so much money on what we love, don't we? The realities are, most of us are spending most of our money on ourselves and on our ecosystems around us. That's naturally what we put most of our money towards. We buy what we want, we pay our rents, we pay our mortgages, we invest in the things that we'll gain from, we buy brunches and burgers, we buy coffees and cocktails, we go on wonderful holidays, we run our households, we make ends meet. It's what we spend so much of our money on. And that is why generosity here is not just a person to tick a box. It is actually so much more than that. It is about being sacrificial. To be generous is to cross the edge threshold of that ecosystem and to give money into something that may disrupt that ecosystem. It may be even something outside of that ecosystem. And so if we're honest, and when we, when we do this, it's painful. It's, it's a kind of death. To to give to something outside of what we would like to spend our money on. To carve off something and put it somewhere else when we have earned this. I'm entitled to it. I did the mahi. I should get the treats. I deserve this. What do you mean carve it off and put it somewhere else? Well, back to the text today. Remember Jesus' critique? Remember what he pointed out? The others had only given a little bit of their surplus, it said. They haven't stretched themselves at all. Jesus seems to be saying they haven't actually really given at all. Now, we've spoken around here quite a few times about the principle and the practice of Sabbath, right? I've banged on about this for years. One of my favorite ideas of Sabbath comes from Walter Brueggemann. Walter Brueggemann says that Sabbath is resistance, that we would not be defined by what we produce. Remember that line? Sabbath is resistance, that we will not be defined by what we produce. And I wonder, Sabbath then becomes revolutionary, it then becomes punk rock, it then becomes this edge as we live it into our culture that is defined by those things. I wonder if in the text today we see the same thing with Jesus as he's talking about generosity. I wonder if we see the same call to a resistance. I wonder if we were to line it up against culture, if we were to look at it this way, we would see the true guts and the true grit of generosity in the world of Jesus. I wonder if we'd see that it's not quaint and quiet, but that actually it's revolutionary and it's a bit more rogue. I wonder if we'd see that it's defined not just about, we're not defined to just exist for our own ecosystem and and ourselves, like our culture would say that we are to do, but actually we are to go bigger. We are to be ushered into a story, we are to love bigger. We are invited to rhyme with this past of what God has been doing to bless others through open-handedness in his people. I wonder if we'd see that it's a sword. Generosity is like a sword that is pierced into the heart of the enemy. It, it becomes a statement. I will not be trapped into thinking about scarcity. I will not be trapped into thinking I have enough and a hustling harder. It's a way to enact sacrifice. It's a way to actually embody it. It's a way to actually do something that means we are dying a little death every time we do it. And here's the thing with little deaths in the kingdom of God. Little deaths become the gateways to resurrections. Little deaths become the place where suddenly the the spirit of God can bring something new to life. So, to be generous, to be truly generous, is to rhyme with this great story of the gospel. For God so loved the world, he gave his only son. God loved, so he gave. God is generous by his loving sacrifice to us. We had to rhyme with that. We're to live in that. We're to find a step in the rhythm of that. We're to be generous by our loving sacrifice. Costly love is costly generosity, is costly sacrifice. Now pastorally, I I wanna cry out to this woman. I wanna say, don't give what you have. (laughs) It's all you have. Don't do it. You don't need to do it. The system will look after you. The temple actually was really good at looking after widows. You don't need to do this. Stop, keep your two copper coins. I want to say that to this woman. I wanna say, don't do it. But Jesus, looking at this woman, looking at her costly love, her costly generosity, and her costly sacrifice, he says, that's what I'm after. I think that's because deep down, that's exactly how the kingdom of God works. That's how the kingdom of God works. It's our trust that is the truest currency. It's our obedience and our yes that is of the greatest impact to how this works and it's in her yes that we see a lesson today on costly sacrifice all right deep breath say la some of you are with me and some of you might not be and you just have to keep thinking about that a little bit more so here's what i'm going to ask I'm gonna take the last 10 minutes of this talk to just talk practically about how we practice generosity. But if you're not there yet, if this has kind of got your cogs turning, the sermon's over for you today. You need to go keep thinking about this. Don't actually go, stay here, but (laughs) there's still hot dogs. But for some of you, this costly generosity that Jesus is pointing to is actually enough of a sermon and you just need to probably take that with you and go think about that for a while. And so I just want to give you permission that if you have suddenly caught something today about the true costly generosity of Jesus and his vision for that, then I just want to bless you in the name of Jesus. Keep thinking, keep praying, keep wrestling. There's enough of that for you today. If you would like to consider how to become a generous giver and put some wheels on that, keep listening, keep tuning in. For another 10 minutes, I'm just going to talk about some practical things now. So how do we train our loves towards generosity? The kind of generosity that we see in Jesus in this text today. Well, if you've been around Central Vineyard long enough, you know that if we want to change, it's not just about a vision and it's not just about desire. We have to practice this. We have to put modes on it. We have to get going and get active. Hence why we talk about practicing Sabbath. You can say you value rest, but are you actually practicing something that's restful? It's different to value and to practice. And it's the same with this. You could say you value being generous, but are you actually practicing it? Now the baseline for that statement in a room like this with a bunch of people living their lives is that we're gonna have a whole uh, spectrum of how people are at financially. I understand that. And so I've found this really helpful over the years as a way of talking to people about this. This is called the theology of the clicks. Think of it like a dial. Okay, think of it like a dial. And at one end of the dial, with the dial completely turned around to the left, we have debt. Up at the top there, at like the central point of the dial, being at sort of zero, is ends meet. Everything's meeting, everything's fine. I've got my budget, and I'm just ticking along fine. My income, my, my wage comes in, I spend it all, and then my next one comes in, I spend it all, but it's fine. I'm doing all right. I'm not going backwards, but I'm not going forwards either. Lastly, to look at the teachings of Jesus today, we would say at the end of the dial is generosity. At the end of the dial is total generosity this is the theology of the clicks today i want to invite you place yourself in the dial just consider for yourself where am i at at the moment am i going backwards financially am i over on the left hand side of that dial or am i moving into the right hand side where i could give away and, and be be generous into the world now here at CV, we have a few things that will actually help us with this. So over on the left there, if you're sitting here in debt, we have the CAP course. And Natalie's gonna be speaking next week and she leads the CAP course with the team. So you're gonna be hearing a little bit more about some of the great principles from that next week. And from the CAP course, you will develop a budget and then you have to work your budget. You, it's not just good enough to have a budget on a piece of paper, you actually have to work it. You have to put it into action, right? You have to do the work. And if you do the work, then hopefully you'll come out of debt and you'll start to have ends meet. Then when you have ends meeting, there's the invitation. The invitation is, well, if you're part of the family, tithe, give to this place. Give to this place that it would be running. Give to, give to God in this way of sacrificially giving to your community, this family of God that you're part of. And then there's giving sporadically and there's this thing of generosity fully dialed up. Let me just talk about each of these a little bit this morning. I would like you to consider that if you are in debt, if you are going backwards then the invitation to you today the invitation to you is that you need to become a steward of your resources they are a gift to you you need to learn how to steward flourishing is not to live in debt no flourishing life is one that's racked up to debt to the eyeballs you are called today invited today come and learn towards walk towards the way of generosity and to get there start cranking the dial off the bottom of the graph and start seeing it move upwards start learning how to make your finances measure up practically and well so that you can get to ends meeting and move towards generosity so that's the invitation for you today. If you're sitting here and you're currently racked with debt, if your credit cards are loaded, if you're struggling to even be present today to this talk because your financial pressure is too great on your shoulders, we are here to offer and to say, we want to try and help. We want to try and help. Because you do not mean to live with that. And the way that you can do that is, first of all, through things like the CAP course. It's a really practical way to take a first step. I want to invite you, if you've got ends meeting, to consider that tithing is a practice to help curate your loves towards generosity, but it's not the end goal. It's not the end of the dial. It's just one click on the dial. I want to encourage you today to consider your tithe. Now, I'm not asking you to do anything that we would not do ourselves. That's the first thing I want to say. I'm not saying this is an ego stroke. I'm just saying to say there is no integrity in that. I would not ask you to do something that I'm not willing to do. I have been giving 10% of my income since I was 18 years old. For nearly 20 years now, I have been practicing tithing. I've even had years and years and years of you know, not believing in it biblically. I've been that guy who's been like, it's not even biblical. It's not even New Testament. And I've gone full circle now. It is New Testament. But I've been practicing it anyway. Uh, when I was a student earning $140 a week, uh, when I was a design student, I tithed $14 a week. $14 does not feel very substantial, does it? But it was curating my loves. It was teaching me that, yes, God can be trusted. It was helping me to see that with $128 or $126, I can still get by. And as I've grown up and as I've learned more, as I've gained more money, as I've got salaries, as I've grown older... I've learned that that 10% that I carved off back then when I was only earning $140 is still just as hard to carve off now when the number's higher. So if you're sitting there thinking, I'll give when I can afford it, the answer is, it never comes. It never comes. You just have to start now with what you can start with. Because it's about training your loves a little more. It's about learning to trust God a little more. It's about handing over and becoming more open-handed a little more. And I want to ask you to consider that today. It's not just about ticking a box, it's not a pat on your back, it's to say it is a good practice to be in, but remember there's a bigger thing at play. It is a principle to help curate your love towards being Uh, open-handed. And that's not the end goal either, the end goal is generosity. And then to get there we actually sometimes find ourselves just giving sporadically to things that the Spirit surprises us with. Um, When we were planning this church, um, uh, we spent a year just scraping together what we could. We were a year into our mortgage, And I told Gab, I think I have to resign. We're going to plant this new thing. And Gab was like, we've just taken on a mortgage. (laughs) And so we lived by faith for that year. And uh, I labored as a builder uh, for half of the year. I built websites in the evening with what I could to do that. I just scraped together whatever we could to keep us afloat. And one day when things were getting a little bit tighter, definitely very tight actually, one day I went up to the mailbox and I um, opened an envelope and in the envelope was a note and it was a note from one of my good friends who is um, part of another Vineyard Church actually and the note just simply said, my wife and I were praying for you, we're cheering you on, we felt like God said to give this to you to just to help out and then I looked deeper into the envelope and there's $1,000 cash in there. And that's not tithing, that's generosity. Do you feel the dial shifting there a little bit? that's responding to the spirit i was praying we thought of you we were prompted here it is i stood on the top of that driveway and i just cried i cried because god saw me god blessed us god provided something for us through the act of that generosity that beautiful sporadic generosity um, a few months ago, we were sporadically generous as a community. Um, a few months ago, we asked you to give to our gratis winter appeal, and you did so beautifully. Uh, we collected a bunch of jackets, we, um, a bunch of all sorts of things that were warm for the, cold, uh, for the people in our community who are hungry and uh, unsheltered, and uh, the people in our city, sorry, who are hungry and unsheltered. Um, and so every Monday night, Gratis goes out and feeds those people. If you ever want to get part of the coal face of serving the poor in our city, Gratis is the place to do it. Monday nights would love to be, I'd uh, love to see you there. And what we've done is we've taken the twelve thousand dollars that you gave as a community. Well done. Twelve thousand dollars was given that month on top of the random piles of jackets and the sleeping bags and the blankets and the knitted scarves and all the wonderful things that you piled up, $12,000 on top of our regular giving that month, that was earmarked to the gratis appeal. And here is some of what that $12,000 has started to pay for. There's some of our team holding up some new jackets that have been purchased. There's a pile of like, that's bags of track, the photo doesn't really do it justice, it's bags of track pants, there's socks, there's sleeping bags, there's more jackets. It's, it, the, tomorrow night, your generosity is literally bringing warmth to those who need it. Blessed to be a blessing. Open handedness flowing through. This is a picture of that, guys. This is a picture of it. Now, every week, our church is quietly ticking away consistently because of the tides and the generosity of you. So many of you. And so thank you. Thank you for your generosity. We, we literally cannot do what we do without it. And our board of trustees, they steward our budget. They look after our spending. They look after all that comes in. Every dollar that comes in is assigned to a budget and it's being looked after and looked after for the year. We pay our rents, we pay our staff, we get the coffee, we pay for insurance, we pay IRD, we get the communion bread. All the stuff that it takes to be a group of people doing this together is paid for by that generosity. And we have every, at the end of every year, we put together an annual report and the annual report sits on our website for you to see exactly where every dollar is going. You can look at that every year. Every year you can see the graphs of how things are going. So you can go there. We want to be transparent and we want you to see how we're spending our money. We've been doing that for years. You can go to our page right now and you can find that PDF. Don't do it right now because I've still got a few more things to say, but you can do it when you get home. You can look at how the giving line is going. If you belong in this family, if you are part of this family and you don't give financially, then today the invitation is this. Would you please consider your generosity? You know, as a community... We are limited. There's a hard edge limitation on what we receive financially. It's a constraint that we live in. Now we've chosen to live in it because we don't bang on about it week after week. We know that. That is a choice we've made. We don't want to do that. We want to talk about it thoughtfully and carefully every now and then like I'm doing today. And I hope that you could say that we've managed to do that today. I do hope that. But hear me say this. If you belong here, if this is your family, if this is your tribe, if this is your community, I wanna invite you, if this is your place that you call home, please give to it. Please tithe, give. If you love this place, give to this place. Because ultimately, here's why, our future staffing cannot be upgraded, our future dreams cannot be met, we cannot start any new projects unless giving lifts. We have faith for stuff, we have a heart for stuff, We have a desire for stuff. We just don't have the money for the stuff. And I understand that that's because we don't stand up here week after week and tell you that. But this is the one moment for the next three years that I'm going to. (laughs) The money is the limiter. And so please consider it. Remember though, tithing is for three arenas. It's a tenth for God. It's a tenth for family. It's a tenth for the poor. And so that's the way we operate it here. Give to this family so that we can give to the poor Is so that we do what we do here. All in the name of God, all for the glory of Jesus. But tithing doesn't end there. Consider that you have been called to a greater thing by Jesus. Jesus points to us and says, I'm after generosity. And so to find out how to give in our community, just in case you don't know, on our website, there's a page centralvenue.org giving, and that's where you can find all the details. You can see the account details there of where to give, you can give via credit card. Um, you can fill out a little form which will give your details to our account manager so every year when the financial reports come through, you get your um, giving receipt sent to you. Some of you probably need to catch up on that admin. You've probably been giving without doing that. It will be really helpful if you did do that. And lastly, you can look at the report every year that we put up of our finances. It's all there for you to see every year. But most importantly, I wanna ask you this, and this is the biggest thing I want you to hear as I say this, I want you to take it to Jesus first. And I'm not just saying that as a, as a, um, I don't know, a platitude. I'm, I'm seriously saying that. I'm saying take this to Jesus this week. Take it in prayer. Hold it before Jesus and listen to what he says. My friend who gave that random envelope of money to me was taking his money to Jesus. And look what it did. It's the same sort of heart that I'm offering today. I'm not, I'm not giving you a commandment here. I'm offering an invitation. people who brought up their gold as usual, Jesus said of them, good. But that widow who gave radically, Jesus pointed and said, that's what I'm after. If you want to live in the story of Jesus who is making all things new, this work that he is doing in all of us and amongst us, we need to learn from the way that that woman was doing that. Remember, she only gave two small mere copper coins. That's all she gave. That was it. But her hands were open and her heart was huge. And so how open is your hand? How big is your heart? That is the vision of Jesus for generosity. That's what it's all about. It took me 23, 24 hours of sermon prep this week to get to that line. That's what it's about. That's what Jesus is asking all of us. How open is your hand? How big is your heart? Because that's what he's after. So I'm not after dollars. I'm not after a certain figure. I'm just getting into the rhyme of Jesus here and saying, guys, this is what we have to consider together. Okay. Let's finish there, shall we? Let's finish that. Next week... We're going to have our last part of the stewardship series. So if you missed last week, i would love you to go back and check that out. We unpacked what stewardship is, and we talked about this thing of putting money in its right place. Today, I've tried to talk about generosity and sort of nail down on the generosity thing. Next week is gonna be great. Natalie is gonna be speaking about good, healthy money praxis. How do we do a good job with our money? It's gonna be really helpful. It's gonna be really inspirational. We'd love you to be here to be in the room for that one because it's gonna be really good. So would you go into the abundance of God today? Because that's the story we sit in. We sit in the abundance story of a God who has already put so much into our hands. We are just called to be good stewards, hold it and pass it on. Go in the abundance of God today. Central Vineyard, God bless you. Grace and peace.